I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Well, seriously, Puerto Rico, what an amazing crowd you are. So much so, I don't think we've done this before. Up. I'm not even kidding. We're not even five seconds into the video. But if you were going to make this much noise and you were going to make me feel this warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum, I'll do whatever I can. Massive up for you. Also, hello, my friends. It is I, Simon Miller from What Culture Here. And it is Sunday morning over here in the United Kingdom, and I presume across the world. I think that's how life does work. And given that WWE just gave us a Backlash pay-per-view premium live event, I shall take the finger of power and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down, because otherwise we'll all die. Let's go. But seriously, this crowd was absolutely mad. It made this entire event so damn fun, especially when we kicked it off with Bianca Belair versus Io Sky for the Raw Women's Championship. Or maybe the SmackDown one? <laughs> I have no idea. The audience had also decided, well, we're going to support you, EO Sky, and we're going to boo you, Bianca Belair, even though Bianca got a massive reaction when her music hit. But do you know what this did? Hopefully, it sent information to the WWE powers that be that said, have you seen how EO Sky wrestles? She's a really good babyface. Listen to the reaction she just got. Let's do it. So we do not have massive plans for her in 2023. We're crazy. And I tell you, Bianca just has everything. So what we need to do now is we need to put her into a super duper mega feud that feels like a big deal. Because at the moment, all her programs are just a little bit unfocused and it's stupid. I mean, the champion's backbreaker dropkick vertical suplex combo was like Mortal Kombat levels. And then when she did the one-arm press slam, she just threw Sky right onto her face. And I was like, that's it. She's going to break her skull. We also had the story hanging over our heads that maybe, just maybe, Damage Control weren't very happy that EO Sky was in this position. When Belair went for a 450, and everything shifted because she missed. To get revenge earlier, EO was then able to reverse a powerbomb into a face buster of her own, meaning that nobody was going to go home without their own face. What? When she also hit the double knees, where these two just started reversing everything, they had been practicing their wide button counters. Sky then did this ridiculous moonsault to the outside when she was going to go for a Hurricane Rana, when Bianca Belair caught her and hit her with a bomb of power. Honestly, for an opening match, this was so damn entertaining. It, of course, brought out damage control as well. And this was really subtle because Dakota Kai was kind of going, Bailey, I don't think we should do this. Although Bells was adamant. And this ties into the fact that maybe, just maybe, they are going to break up. What we probably should do is keep these two heels, as we've already talked about, make Eo Sky a babyface. They started to grab Bianca's hair as well, which never really does much for me because I can't empathize. When we had this great near fall because Kai was casting distraction, Bianca had to go to her, which is when Sky 
It's the most devastating move in all a sports entertainment surprise roll-up. Now available on Pro Wrestling Tish. Honestly, I actually bought it. Idiot. Bailey was then just getting in the way, so Belair had to deal with her, and because the referee was distracted, Dakota essentially kicked Bianca Belair right in the head, so there was more teasers and there was more distractions, especially when Bianca Belair was on the floor. Bailey just grabbed her hair. So, <laughs> you're not going to be able to get up. But the ref was looking at this, said, listen, you can't come out here and do this. Would you just stop? It was a crazy opening for Bianca Belair to hit the KOD, and she got the one, two, three, or the Uno Dos Tres and retained her championship. But we did a lot here. We were layering it like it was an onion. And like I just say, it was just the best way to kick off this pay-per-view premium live event. I really enjoyed myself, and it's getting it up. And then, we just had some fun. Because Bad Bunny was in the back, as Rey Mysterio was like, man, you're going to be so great later, I'm going to pump you up. When of all the people, in walked Savio Vega, clearly the most popular man in Puerto Rico. They couldn't help but laugh because the reaction was so loud, and who doesn't love Savio Vega? And he was like, hey, Bad Bunny, here's a kendo stick, here's a flag, I'm with Ray. You've got to go out there and do us all proud. And my word, did he do that? I am actually excited to tell you about that match. It may be perfect. When we got some more sports entertainment, and it was fine. Now, do not get me wrong. When it does come to Seth Rollins versus Omos, we don't know why this exists. We don't know why they were having a match. Really, we don't know much of anything. I mean, other than the fact that Vince McMahon loves a good giant and wants to insert them onto every show, I suppose that makes sense. But here's what we did. Seth Rollins is a terrific professional wrestler, one of the best in the world, so he turned this into a right hoot. And as for Omos, I'm saying it right now. I think he gets better each and every week, and we are doing him a disservice by going, oh, man, he's not very good. I say, good. It's also quite funny as well, because Seth was just standing there as the fans went, whoa, ho, ho. So he just booted him right in the face. It was a bit like, yeah, you would do that. You wouldn't just stand there and let this happen. Take him out. The referee also had to go check on Rollins. As we were all like, oh, he may be dead, but he wasn't. So he was able to get back to his feet. And then he went to hit Omos with a dive. But this was like trying to attack a wall. It didn't move. Instead, Omos grabbed Seth and he slammed him into the ring apron. And the ring apron. Hang on. I'm going to make him a ring apron. He can't refuse. What did he say? I think he said he's going to make them a ring apron. They can't refuse. Uh, he's lost it. Yeah. But the ring apron it is the hardest part of the ring. Rollins knew that combos were going to be the way, especially if he focused on the legs. Of course, it doesn't matter how tall you are. If you can't walk, you're not going to be able to be a big man wrestler or something like that. Which is where he actually went for the pedigree. I was shouting at my TV. Seth, what are you doing? It even looked redonkulous. Because Omos is so big, he was coming out of here like a step. And of course, he just gave Rollins the back body dropped and was like, you absolute fool. We then did this really cool spot because Seth Rollins was able to hit the frog splash. And Omos just kicked out of one. And the commentators sold that like it was the greatest thing ever. So we were doing all we could to ensure that Omos remained a big guy. Literally and figuratively, I'm going to stop doing it. He also tried to hit him with a curb stop, but Omos would not be moved. When the leader of the Omo Sapiens gave him this big old choke slam. Because I wasn't entirely sure what direction we were going to head in. I actually thought it was going to win. I was wrong. Instead, Rollins super kicked MVP, who was trying to be an interfering Ian. He was like, man, I am done with this. When he essentially just hit Omos with all the curb stomps. When that didn't work, he went to the top rope. He hit a super avalanche curb stomp and eventually beat him for the one, two, three. 
But this is just everything it needed to be. It was David versus Goliath. It reminded you that Rollins is great. And of course, you have to imagine Seth is at least going to be in contention to become the brand new world heavyweight champion. And this was a great way to justify it. I may even watch this again. That's right. I'm not going to. I'm exaggerating. But up. Which is when WWE kind of just did exactly the same thing. Because look, I like long matches. Usually that's where the goody great wrestling stuff is as you peel open its innards to look at the guts inside. But sometimes you have to look at a card and go, you know what, let's not overcook the pudding. Let's just get things done, which is exactly what we did when it came to our United States triple threat match. Because this couldn't have gone more than six minute tops and it was Bobby Lashley taking on Bronson Reed versus Austin Theory. And they kind of just did exactly what you would expect them to do. Bronson and Austin teamed up to begin with to beat up Bob because he's a monster. When Bronson was like, I'm only kidding. I don't want to be friends with you. And he took out Theory. Reed was also crushing people with tackles when all of a sudden Bobby Lashley had the hurt lock on people. So it was just a good bit of wrestling tennis. Bronson also flew in with a tsunami, but Austin Theory broke that up at two, which was a really good little spot. Basically, this was big men slapping man meat, while Austin was like, well, I'm, you know, kind of jacked too, can I join in? And they said no. Reed was so incensed, he then went for the moonsault, and honestly, nobody was able to hit a moonsault at Backlash, so he did miss, which is when Lashley was back on his feet, and he ran in with the spear. And I accessed my brain, and my brain told me, yes, we are having fun. That's all I need, F-U-N. This also opened the door for WWE to do their favorite three-way finish, because by this point, Austin Theory had taken his Phoenix down. He saw what was going on. He got Lashley out the ring, and he made the pin. He ran away going, I just stole my United States Championship again. Now, I really do think we need to push the whole I beat John Cena more, but we've talked about it before. We're not going to talk about it again. Or at least not here. This was actually quite good. It was fast-paced. And before you could even sit down to get comfortable, it was over. And we were on to something else. And there is a certain beauty to this. Once again, you don't have to have everything go forever. That'd be ridiculous. Giving it up. And then, oops, we did it again. Bless you, Britney Spears. Because look, it was Rhea Ripley versus Alina Vega for one of the damn women's championships. And we didn't have to do anything. Because as soon as Lavina made her entrance... Everybody went wild. And when she got her ring announcement, even I had water in my seeing device. You could see how much this meant to her. And I was like, this is what wrestling is all about. Screw the moves. Screw everything. It's about the moments. Ripley didn't care, of course, so she ran in and just smashed her. But when Vega started to come in with these strikes and started to do moves off the top rope, I actually said to myself, well, clearly Rhea is going to win. But given how loud everybody in this building is, if WWE decided to call an audible, have Zelina Vega win, and then you get to Raw, and Rhea Ripley just wins it back, I wouldn't have moaned about it at all. At one point, Rhea also cut her off by just headbutting her. And that made me laugh, because I'm like, yeah, that'll do it. But once again, Zelina Vega was the ultimate underdog here. And if she was victorious, as you can tell she wasn't, even M. Bison would have been fine with it. He would have understood. There was this great moment when Rhea went for the riptide, but Zelina Vega turned into a DDT and even hit the 619 for a near fall. And the crowd absolutely thought this was going to be the end. More fool them because it wasn't. Instead, Ripley basically dusted herself off and just hit the riptide. And my gosh, she squashed Zelina Vega and got the one, two, three. And look, all of this is fine. I think 2023 should be the year of Rhea Ripley. But this was just warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum stuff. I just... This whole Bacalash show, who booked it? I'm giving you a round of applause, and I'm giving you it up. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. And as bonkers as all of that was, it was nothing compared to what we were about to get. Because it was Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest in a street fight. This is one of the best things WWE has done in ages. We even made sure we threw some story in here because much like Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest was wearing white because they believe they're the heroes of the piece. And the reaction that Bad Bunny got. I want to be too hyperbole here. But if you want to compare it to a Stone Cold Steve Austin pop, you probably could. People loved this man and that energy generated from the TV. It came flying out. Poo poo, it hit me in the face. And I felt it too. Also, whoever decided to let the Naughty Rabbit do a singles match and ensure it was a street fight so we could have all the bells and whistles, well, you deserve a kiss and a hug too. I can't remember if I already said this, but I'm going to say it now. This was pretty much perfect. I mean, Bad Bunny hit a Mishinoko driver early on. I was like, how the hell did that happen when he got his kendo stick? But this is when Damien grabbed it and just went, blah, and he broke it. If I did it, it would look stupid, but he makes everything look so damn badass. Bad then fought back for a little bit when Priest cut him off, and this is the most important part. He hit him with that big old choke slam, and he had him pinned. That's right, the ref went one, the ref went two, and he was going to go three, but Damo picked him up and was like, no, not on my watch. He disrespected me, so now I've got to kill him. Now, of course, you can see how this is going to end, but when we get to Raw and SmackDown or wherever the hell Damien Priest goes, he can say, well, this was my fault. That was really clever. He did pose for way too long, though, so Bad Bunny got a chair and just threw it right into his face. When he did get a kendo stick, he just started to light up on this guy. Plus, he got a trash can and was just whacking him in the skull. Like, oh my gosh, Damien Priest is being murked. He also hit this amazing DDT and this even more amazing crossbody to the outside. And don't forget, this is like the equivalent of Michael Jackson versus Shawn Michaels. 30 years ago, or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. It was the best 2 plus 2 equals potato ever. We then had more garbage cans as the rabbit hit this picture-perfect falcon arrow. I was like, what was going on? And he had kind of wham so much, 
he was busted open a little bit. Yep. Damien then went full asshole because he pretended he was going to leave, but this was a ruse just so he could start using garbage cans of his own. Then we were using Savia Vega's kendo stick as well. When they walked off into the crowd and they went on this box-like structure and Damien Priest gave this falcon arrow to Bad Bunny. And look, it was through a bunch of tables and a bunch of stuff that was there to protect their fall. But this guy is a really successful musician. He doesn't need to be doing this stuff. It was absolutely wonderful. This man is a legend. It was also great because Damo then just grabbed his corpse and was dragging him back to the ring as Adam Pearce and all these officials were like, please, would you stop? You're going to end this fall when the shenanigans somehow increase further. The way Bad Bunny got back into it is by going, wait a minute, I can see Rita the ring post and Damien Priest is quite tall, so maybe I should start working on his knees when he also got a steel chair and just started to blast him. Now, clearly Dominic Mysterio and Finn Balor had been watching from the back because they run down <laughs> this when it was going to get fun. Because after Damien had been smashed in the testicles, Balor and Mysterio started to light him up. When Rey Mysterio came out, he got a massive evasion. But of course, the wrestling math doesn't work out here. We needed one more guy. One of all the people, Carlito's music hit. And you would have thought this was, I don't know, the king of the world. People went crazy. And as someone that always thought Carlito was underrated, it actually made me feel proper joy. It was also the condom as well who tried to spoil this party because he is the best heel in the world. But Rey Mysterio, old daddy Rey, he eventually gave his son a 619 when Carlito got his apple and decided that Dominic wasn't cool and he spat it right in his face. Once again, biggest cheer you've ever heard. And it got even better because Savio Vega's music hit. And everyone went, ah, it's Savio Vega. And he was here to deal with the judgment day. And once again, even though he doesn't move very well these days, he's just so damn cool. Look at me. Look at my stupid face. This is sports entertainment done right. And no one does it better than WWE. And some people have gone, oh, it was overbooked. I'm like, oh, shut up. Get back in the oven with you. What are you even talking about? And then the LWO were here and Zelina Vega was here and she was taking on Finn Balor and Dominic too. And it also made me laugh because this is classic NWO stuff. You just keep adding members, but who cares? I'll be part of it too. We then went back to the ring and all of a sudden Bad Bunny had Damien Priest in the figure four. It's like, what the hell is going on? But when Priest was back into it and he went for something, the rabbit turned it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And he almost won. I tell you, I bit again. He then did level up though, because he hit a sliced bread of all things. When after he had wrecked Damien Priest with a chair, he hit the Canadian Destroyer, basically fell on the Judgment Day man, and he got the one, two, three. That's seriously, the reaction to this, I had tears in my eyes and I don't even know why. Everybody came out to celebrate too and I don't know what to do with this. No, that's not true at all. I know exactly what to do because it doesn't just get an up, it gets a golden up. This is honestly something every single wrestling fan needs to see. And there'll always be one guy, oh, well, it wasn't for me. Okay, I don't care because I thought it was joyous. Absolutely a golden up. Bad buddy, man. You are a flipping hero. We still had a couple more matches after this, which was always going to be hard. But given who was in it, these worked too. Especially because next up, it was the six-man tag. Rut roll. That did indeed mean Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle taking on the bloodline. And think of the stakes here. The Usos had basically been told, do your job and win, or Roman Reigns is going to kill you. That is pressure. But this went the opposite way to most of the card because they did get loads of time, but that's actually why it stood out. They had loads they needed to do, they had narratives they needed to tell, and here they had the space to do it. Smart. 
Ow. A lot of this too was all about Solar Sokoa having to sort things out as well, which was very interesting. Especially because Jimmy and Jay must have felt the tension all around them. Because at one point, they accidentally super kicked each other. And as Corey Graves says, that doesn't happen to the Usos. What the flub is going on? It also led to a great near fall because Kevin Owens then slid in, hit the pop-up powerbomb, but it was one-two kick out. Which is when Sammy tagged in. And he hit the least devastating move in all the sports entertainment, the Blue Thunderbomb. Because as I told you before, it never works. Surprise, surprise, it didn't work here either. The Usos were then spamming super kicks so much so I started to laugh. I was like, look, if your kicks are that super, I guess you would do it. When Jay Uso and Sami Zayn got into it again, because Jay was like, you ruined my family, you ruined it. I was like, Jay, I don't think it's got anything to do with him. I think you need to look above. Solo was sick of this though, because he just wanted to get the match won, so he tagged in. But Jay Uso looked at him like, how dare you spit in my soup? So when he did go through the ropes, he then slapped Solo Sokoa on the chest to tag himself back in. Oh my gosh, you could see the look in Sokoa's eyes. He had decided, well now I don't care about anybody else, and I'm going to finish you off. Uh oh. It's also when Sammy flew in with the halluva kick and Jay Uso ducked, meaning he did take out Solo instead. And he turned around. He gave another halluva kick to Jay Uso. And that got breaking up at two as well. These guys are great wrestlers. Once again, you could just see that Solo wanted to take out Jay, but all of a sudden Riddle was back in there when Kevin Owens was too and he got Samoan spiked for another near fall. So I was going all wibbly wobbly. Because there was so much carnage, all of a sudden somebody came behind Sokoa, touched him on the shoulder. He turned around and went, ha ha, I'm going to hit you with my silly thumb. But it was Jay Uso, and they had this moment where it was like, oh, I don't like you anymore, and you don't like me, but we can't tell each other that, what are we gonna do? I mean, Uso basically dared him to take him out, and if we ain't doing Roman Reigns and Solar Sokoa versus the Usos in a few months, what the flub are we even doing? It all got stopped because Sami Zayn was back in here, and he was trying to get the win. But at this point, Solar Sokoa had basically evolved into a man mountain. He saw Riddle, he gave him the Samoa Spike. And he just pinned him. Now, I didn't think they were going to be victorious, but this worked so well. Because again, Solar Sokoa just keeps getting better and better and better. The absolute best bit, though, was afterwards. Because Jimmy was like, well, <laughs> we did it. He had no idea about the tension. He had no idea what was going to happen here. And he's in trouble, too, because the Usos come as a pair. So this was another great match. It is getting it up. Once again, I don't know what we do now. But Backlash, greatest pay-per-view premium live event I've ever seen. Kinda. Which brought us to our main event. As ever, because it is Brock Lesnar, we're not mucking around here. It was 10 minutes. It was all like, look, here's your muffin. Stick it in your toaster. We're done. Cody Rhodes must have felt the same because he attacked the beast during his entrance. And he dove on him. He was hitting him with steel chairs. And he was hitting him with similar steel steps. He was like, I understand you're a man, Mountain. But I'm Cody Rhodes. Whoa. And I will not be beaten. The best thing about Brock, too, is that if he does like you, he will just sell like crazy. And he took a right ass kicking here. Until Cody went for the Cody Cutter, and then, my word, Lesnar went crazy wazy. Because he caught him in midair and gave him a German suplex. Caught off Zeus Schneiden. And then it was the usual. Suplex, 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 suplex. Or suplex, I suppose. That is how it's written. All of this built to Cody accidentally grabbing Tina the turnbuckle and exposing the steel underneath. And then when he was laying in the corner and Brock Lesnar charged at him like an Arkham Asylum boss, the American Nightmare got out of the way and honestly... There's no way this was planned. And if it was, good grief, it was pulled off well. But Lesnar's head went right into this and he was definitely busted open for real. I mean, the blood flowed like a fountain. Although you can't lie, flood me, this added to the atmosphere. Cody also sold this like Brock had just revealed him to be Santa Claus, which is when he not only hit a normal Cody cutter, but he hit a super Cody cutter too. 
And I don't know why it's funny seeing Brock Lesnar sell a cutter, but it is. But as ever, he did it wonderfully, even more so, because Rhodes then grabbed him, gave him one crossroads, gave him two crossroads, and then Brock kicked out a two. So we were doing the near falls, but I tell you, I was plugged in. The blood was also flying around everywhere, which again helped the spectacle. And I was like, man, we should all dream of being booked as well as Brock Lesnar. But then he hit the F5, and Cody Rhodes kicked out of that. So now they were on an even keel. Kinda. Brock basically whooped his butt. Around this stage, the referee also tried to wipe the blood off Lesnar's head. And I was like, what are you doing? He's never going to allow you to do that. It would be like going up to a lion and saying, hello, Mr. Lion, would you like to go out for a cup of tea? Lion would be like, no, and now I'm going to eat you. I really was truly into this, though, because I had no idea which direction which he was going to go. <laughs> but I should have known. Because after Lesnar had locked in the Kimura and Cody was like, oh, no, I don't want my arm to break, he remembered his training. He remembered what wrestling is. <laughs> And he remembered the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And he got the one, two, three. And honestly, you very rarely see that in a main event. I was losing my mind. So, of course, bring down the counter, we add another one to that. And I have seen some criticism to this match online. I disagree entirely. I thought it was awesome. You want Brock Lesnar to be the beast. You want Cody Rhodes to be the fight who's like, man, I'm not going to die. And he's still got the win here. The story continues. I see it's absolutely quite tremendous. I mean, it would have been better if the title was on the line, but let's not worry about that. So it was just really solid stuff, and it felt like a big deal. Now I can't wait to see what we're going to do on Raw. It is getting it up. Which brings us to the end of Backlash Ups and Downs, and of course the show overall gets it up. This was just a joy, brought on by a crowd that did all the right things at the right time when they were meant to do them. So honestly, WWE needs to take all of these shows and go around the world... I mean, it is a traveling circus at the end of the day. Absolutely great. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's Backlash. I would be intrigued. There will be a video on the screen right now. There's probably ups and downs. Go watch Raw, SmackDown, Rampage, Dynamite. Support the show. Otherwise, one day it may go away. You never know. Also, you can head over to whatculture.com and read some articles. You can follow us on social media at whatculturewwe and Simon316. But mostly, it's Sunday. If you watch this on day one, enjoy it. Relax. Remember, you're a great person. And I'll see you next week.